All right. Welcome everybody to what's our title, Mike? Things. The more things change, the more things change. That's it. And uh, Mike and I are friends. Mike is has been a retail developer and other kinds of asset class developers for 30, 30 years. He's still a developer and he's currently teaching uh, at Georgia State University as a professor, uh, some, I guess some real estate class. Is it a development class? It's a development class in the MS in the master's program. So uh, you followed in my footsteps, right? You, next time you need to get them to send you over to, to Spain or France or, or, you know, to do it, right? I'm, I'm just happy to make it to Buckhead these days, but. So uh, how this happened was Mike got on social media and wrote his first article about two weeks ago. And I read it and I loved it and I commented. And then, and then when you, and my, when I put the word out, what webinars do you guys want me to do? I had a lot of people say a, like a prediction webinar, like what do you guys think are gonna happen? And I, and because Mike kind of wrote about that in his article and then he and I started chatting and we're, we have a very uh, love, hate relationship. He's a Gator and I'm a Seminole. So we're always giving each other crap about that. And I thought it would be a lot of fun. We're going to agree on some things and not agree on some things. There's one thing that he wasn't agreeing on early on. And maybe with the news that we just got, maybe he changed his tune a little bit. But anyway, so Mike, thank you for joining us. Um, You're Thanks for inviting me. I'm excited for us to have this. And uh, a couple ground rules. Do not post a link in the chat. So if you want some information and it's some sort of website or a link, don't post it. We'll just ask us for it and we'll get back to you later. And this is not going to be a webinar. We're not going to talk about national tenants and rent at all. <laughs> I've, I've had enough of those. This is, this is all going to be more about the world at large. So uh, Mike, you want to jump in and let's talk about some lifestyle. Let's well, let's jump in with the news, the big news of 15 minutes ago. And then let you me want to give the news. You want me to give the news. The mayor, the mayor of Los Angeles has issued a proclamation that there are going to be no large scale concerts, sporting events, or other public gatherings um, in the city of Los Angeles until at least 2021, absent a coronavirus vaccine. Wow. Before that. Yay. So that means the so, NFL doesn't start in September. And I, you it. know, I, 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 I may as well dive in. I, I think it means, you know, it's, it's not just the NFL, right? It's Major League Baseball, it's the NFL, yeah. it's the NHL, it's Pac-12 football, it's the MLS. Um, who am I missing? Football, baseball, basketball, hockey, the MLS, college. And so what it, what it means, I guess, on the top line is um, they don't play home games because they can play outside the city of Los Angeles. So they're either scrambling on their own to find an alternate venue. And there's not like there's a lot of 100,000 seat venues sitting around waiting for a team to show up um, or, or, you know, play a season of road games, um, which, but it, but it throws, um, I, I don't know if some of you heard Beth and me talking before we started, right. It, it, from a take, take a step back. And what it makes you realize is all of these organizations, whether it's baseball or football or basketball, hockey, you know, the NCAA, the tennis tournaments, tours, the, the golf tours, that, you know, they're all scrambling, no pun intended, no golf pun intended, trying to figure out how to um, have seasons and have events and have, and have a circuit. And it makes you realize very quickly that as much as they're working on it, they don't control the, the jurisdictions that these venues are in. And all their hard work may go to naught because you could have a governor or, or a city council or a mayor say, hey, that's great, but not in my jurisdiction because I'm not comfortable yet. So I think, um, Beth, you're muted. This is great. You think I'd figure this out. Um, so you, we all saw the Mark Cuban reaction, right? The night that they, that like he's sitting on the sidelines and they say that the NBA is going to cancel all games. He like, you know, he had this big reaction. I, I can imagine what, what happened today. I mean, presumably the mayor called Cronky, 
who's you know a major real estate developer who, who owns the LA Rams, who's building a multi-million dollar stadium. I can't even imagine that conversation. You know, hello, Mr. Kroenke. I am, you know, I am officially going to really just kill your season for, you know, from August through, you know, the Super Bowl. Like how I don't need I don't know how different teams are going to be allowed to play or not allowed to play. I mean, really kind of ballsy for that mayor. I, I've got to believe that he's had discussions with other mayors and they're all going to start announcing. How does he go out, you know, on a, just out there on his own and announce that without Miami and all of the major markets now following suit? Well, with respect to pass or LA, does that open up Pasadena and the Rose Bowl for outdoor events? Probably. I mean, I, th I think, you know, his, jur his, his jurisdiction is only over the city of L.A. So unless unless L.A. County um, kind of joins hands with him, whatever arenas or, or stadiums are outside of L.A. city limits are available, you know, would, would, would not impact. I, you know, I, I was thinking, why would the mayor of L.A. do this? And the only thing I could think of was California was so out front on um, on taking protective measures and for state with 40 million people has so many limited um, impacts on relative basis from um, coronavirus that maybe he's maybe he's the, the 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 mayor of the largest city in the state that's taken the best protective measures and he may have the best currency to jump out there and do that um, with, with that as his backdrop that's the only thing I can think of anyway well what, so what, since we're on football yeah. let's talk let's talk about the topic that I think we disagree on and, and a topic near and dear to both of our hearts, right? So uh, many of the people that follow me know that I follow this guy, Gary Vaynerchuk, who I love, right? And he's, he's a predictive savant and he has predicted many, many, many things that have come true since like 2000. And he said something about three years ago where he said, that higher education, you know, college and you know, higher ed is going to be really turned on its side. Something's going to cause it. Um, you know, the $5.4 trillion debt, the kids coming out of college not being able to get a job. Then we have this whole fiasco with the people that were paying to get their kids in school. Now the kids are all, you know, do it, taking classes online. Um, and, and by the way, FSU. They had to pay to remove co the contents of 6,200 dorm rooms. We had, to we had to pay a third party vendor to come in and remove all of the contents from 6,200 dorm rooms. Crazy. So, um, so he predicted when that happens, when higher education is, looks completely different, and he was saying in the next five to 10 years, he and he's you know he owns a sports agency business so he is in connection with these young athletes that you know also then in the last 12 months there's been these laws passed or these you know whatever bills passed that we can pay athletes in certain certain states right college athletes uh, he said the NCAA will not will go away and that it will become, there will be the minor leagues for football. And the kids will go from high school to the minor league of football and get paid. And then, I mean, so I know you don't think that that's going to happen, but I think it's, I will tell you whether or not that happens. I know some, I know for sure what's going to happen is all of the ancillary sports programs in colleges, universities, swimming, rugby, tennis, girls softball they lost all that money from march madness they're gonna you yeah. know, we, we were going in schools are already, schools are already cutting programs athletic programs. Gonna, yeah those ancillary sports programs are done because they can't afford it so starting with the men's because title nine is still sitting out there so the first thing that's going to get cut are a lot of men's um secondary sports program non-revenue sports programs so what do you think about college football i know you well, there's a lot to unpack. There's a lot to unpack in that. So I, I don't. I, I disagree with. Show, show what. Show what we're. Show our yeah. audience. We're using our crystal balls. Mine has a person praying in it. <laughs> this came out of my kid's playroom. I don't know what mine has. Like I don't know what mine has in it. It looks like a grasshopper. This says. Um, this says Alex Azor's first Holy Communion. Oh wait, it's a little prayer boy. 
Well, so you got it's from the last it's from the last recession the last, last, time, last time we had to do this so I, there's a lot to unpack on sports i think i think um there's the education piece the academic piece and 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 going online which every school preschool to phd program in america is doing today um i don't, I don't know how i'll feel 10 years from now going to a doctor who finished their schooling med schooling online but we'll come back to that and so there's kind of there's that that's got its own life and i think right now we're in as we are with all of this triage management try, just trying to make it through the day so a lot of the structural changes that we see today um, are necessary i don't know that they're long lasting but even if they aren't long lasting i think they still give the world a glimpse that there are things you can do that a month ago you didn't think you you could do or look, look at this right i mean did you think a month ago you'd be hosting a zoom class for 600 people and that a mall developer or mall operator would be having a C-suite conference call and get hacked by tenants who were trying to figure out what the what the rental would get. I mean, you know, we're, we're all in a place that we didn't even envision um, a month ago. We, good news, bad news. I mean, the fact of the matter is, the genius of it is we've largely all adapted to it. And every, well, every I mean, roadblock. The, the fact that we all, the fact that the, this is like the, the, the power of the human spirit. How, the entire world changed overnight in many, many different facets. How, that's the silver lining like that we could just, oh, right? In, in a week, we were all working from home, right? It's right, in- right. So, so right now we're all in triage management doing this. At some point, there will be a new normal and there'll be a reversion back, to, not to the necessarily the mean that we would have been on otherwise, but I think there's an accelerated new mean. So higher and mid-level learning going virtual is not going to go away after well, this. Let you know, me ask you this as a professor. Do you like yeah. do you like teaching online or do you prefer teaching in the classroom? Um, I, I think it's too soon for me to make that comparison. I don't I don't I don't necessarily I, I miss the human interaction, the live human interaction. Right. Um, it's it, our classes haven't been that clunky. I mean, it's it's hard to be interactive um, in a way that it's kind of hard to be interactive here. But I think it's it's too soon for me to tell whether it's something I would enjoy doing um, long term. I like being able to do it from a remote place. Um, I, I know that um, just like I like being able to work from a remote place. But um, on sports, so I, so I think I think um, I think on sports, the NCA was headed to a place. To start with, I think I think when the this um, when the athletes were allowed to sell their likenesses by these states, the NCAA couldn't say no because they would have obliterated um, immediately um, because because athletes would not have committed to schools in states that didn't allow it. So that that, that would that would have been a short term explosion like a galaxy exploding. So they had to say yes. Saying yes doesn't mean the NCAA survived. Saying yes yes means they're going to last for a little while longer. Eventually, the NCAA has become obsolete in terms of a governing body in sports and it's going to be much more um of, of schools and super conferences you know whether they're whether the nf whether college football is the minor leagues for um for for the nfl I, i'm I'll, I'll i'll i don't know i don't have an opinion strong enough to disagree with with your buddy um gary but i think all of this is going to accelerate um where, where sports was going anyway, and, and, that, and that is to have college sports be effectively kind of a quasi semi-pro league, um, which it really is now, right? If you're, if you're giving students stipends and you're letting them capitalize on their likeness, um, it, it, you already kind of breached the, breached the, um, the divide, like the Olympics did when the Olympics allowed the dream team and other teams right. to play. It's no longer an amateur basketball tournament at the Olympics. And I think that's where the NCAA heads i think i think the kind of the bigger issue that is you know kind of driven by coronavirus to the to the extent there is is what does that what does that stadium look like right what 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 what, you know so that's so that's we've got some poll questions so that's where let's just take a pause we'll keep talking but josie have you put the polls up yet oh here we go uh, so if we can all just take, we've got, I think four or five questions, jump on, you know, we'll give you you know, 12 to 15 seconds to answer each one. So where, when will you travel next? Uh, let's see, let's maybe give it to 25 seconds. We've got 95 people on the call. Keep voting, keep voting. 
Mike, can you see this on your screen? Um, what am I looking for? A poll that just jumped out. Maybe you can't see it. Maybe only I, I can see it. I, I voted, but I can't see results. Okay, so the results are for 70, it's 50, 55% will travel in three months before a vaccine, 28% after a vaccine, and 16% immediately. Okay, so people will, so it sounds, it looks, we can go to the next question. So the majority of the call, of the participants on the call will travel in three months, but in before vaccine. My next question was, will you go work out in a large gym? So we'll give that, by the way, uh, in the chat, Mike, someone said that the New Orleans mayor announced no out outdoor festivals till 2021. Hmm. So here we go, right? Well, here we from, apparently he learned from Mardi Gras or she. Right, so uh, they're still answering. We'll, we'll give them a few. Everyone's loving the commute. That's a, that's a question. Someone said, uh, what's gonna happen in restaurants? Are we, are we going to have to take seats out? For sure. Uh, that's, I think, the same thing with Broadway theaters and, and movie theaters and stadiums, but we're gonna talk about that. So here's, this is, uh, this is interesting. 45% will go out and work out, a, will go work out in a large gym and 55% will not. So that's kind of like a dead heat. Only 10% won't. So a lot of people, so LA Fitness and 24 hour fitness who you know, are rumoring that they're going, you know, 24 hours rumored that they're gonna file bankruptcy any minute. So maybe they should have looked at this poll. Okay, go to the next one. How, now we wanna know who you are in the audience. So we've got how many years in the industry and we've got uh, over 15 years is leading. See, there's that, this is why I'm doing the freshman, the freshman forum, because you can see there aren't a lot of people in our industry between six and 10 years. We're going to stop that this time. So well, that's, that was, that's, that was created by the recession. Right. We lost a generation. Right. So that's why yeah. I'm doing what I'm doing on Friday afternoons. So one to five years, 37%, and over 15 years, 38%. Thank you, Vets, for being here. Okay, next. Yay, Fred Reynolds. What asset class? You know, I tend to skew towards retail, obviously, my retail peeps. We'll see. We'll see if we got any other people on the call. Oh, yeah, look at that. 95% retail. 95, 95, 94, 94% retail, investment sales, 14%. Okay, welcome retail peeps. Okay, next. I think we have a couple, one or a couple more. Does Halloween happen or do we put up Christmas lights in October? I don't know how you trick or treat or go to a Halloween party. Everyone's saying Halloween's gonna happen. Well, then, we, then Kara, I can see you. We need to call that Halloween store back, but we're not doing a $20,000 deal. Screw that. Where's the Hanukkah option? Oh, sorry. Ah, Mike, Halloween, I mean, a Christmas or Hanukkah? You, can you put up Hanukkah lights? Okay, so everyone, 82% <laughs> believes ha Halloween's going to yeah. happen. Han Hanukkah lights are easy. There's nine of them. Um, but I meant like outside. Okay, next, yeah. I think. Would you continue working from home if kids went back to school? Mickey Marafino already put Christmas lights up. They're putting them up in October. Would you continue working from home if kids go back to school? This looks like it's going to be a dead heat. 47% would be work from home if kids went back to school and 53 said no. Well, I mean, it's a dead heat here, but if you're if you're the one person on the call who owns four office buildings, that's a scary number. Very scary, which we're going to talk about. Is that it, Josie, any more? Nope, that's it. Okay, great. All right, so that was all good information. Um, all right, what, what topic would you like to, how about the med, we, we started talking about medicine. How about the fact that they're they're graduating these med school kids early? Um, you know, I don't, I don't honestly know enough about med school to know what it means. I would guess if, if you're, if you're a fourth year med student and it's already April, you're 
probably got most of what you're going to get out of med school and you're looking for a residency. I mean, but I, I don't really know what that, what that even means. Yeah, well, I've, I've read a, a lot. Oh, someone said Halloween will happen because we can wear masks. <laughs> okay. Uh, That's pretty funny. You know, you want to stick with healthcare for a minute? Yeah, yeah. You know, I, I think... Um, Oh, someone said, wait, 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 I have a, this is medical related. I'm married to a doctor. They are barely ready to practice when they graduate on time. <laughs> I got, so, I, so, I, so I told you, there's no difference if they lose a month because they're not ready anyway. Um, yeah. I, I think, you know, it's, it's hard to look for positives through something like this. I, I think, but I do think at the, at the, at the end of, um, at, at the end of the pandemic, and then there'll be structural changes in a lot of places. Um, I, I think healthcare is going to take a huge step forward um, structurally in terms of positive changes going forward and convenient changes for people in their lives with with um, with telemed and mobile health. Um, you know, if you can if you can get tested for um, a pandemic virus at a drive-through, why can't you get an, you know an allergy shot at a drive-through or a flu shot without having to get out of your car or or talk to your doctor. So I think there's going to be huge steps forward that are positive and convenient for that, that maybe even start to reduce some cost structure in healthcare, because, because I think that's where the biggest problem in healthcare is the cost of, no matter what we do, we seem like the cost structure never changes. It always just continues on that angle up. Um, and, and then also, um, I think in terms of approving drugs, I read this morning, Johnson, I, I meant to send the article, Beth, I read this morning, Johnson and Johnson, announced today, so what is today, April 16th, that starting, they, they expect approval for a coronavirus vaccine um, in September, is what their prediction was, and then, um, which may take LA off the table for the earlier comment, and they are prepared to, they said, to produce 600 to 800 million doses of the vaccine um, in January, by, 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 by the beginning of 2021, if, if they get approved in September. The point being, I think this has made us all realize to, to some extent that there's 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 good reasons for delays in drug approval, and then there's red tape because of politics, and we have to get to the place where the red tape because of politics comes out of comes out of all this, and it gets back to policy and and not and not politics on on drug approval things like drug approval. So I think we're going to see some big step forward, big steps forward, and all and all of that that benefit all of our lives. I, I think that that's my that's my prediction. You can write that down. Okay, I, we we did, and I I I, I believe I believe in that 100%. And then that, how that goes to real estate is like I'm thinking I have you know MD now or these urgent care clinics, and I'm wondering if you know maybe they take the branch bank sites right in the future. So I, my head's going to you know there, there's opportunities there. Someone wrote which I loved after 9/11 firemen were the heroes and this is now it's going to be healthcare healthcare workers are yeah. going to be heroes i love that yeah that was, yeah. That was awesome well it's, it's all it's all of that right it's healthcare workers it's everyone who works in the supply chain it, it's re, it's really i mean we're very fortunate for I mean, it probably applies to most people on the call we're fortunate that we can all work from home not everybody has that luxury and i think the heroes of this entire thing are the people who don't have the luxury of working from home have to make sure your grocery store as groceries and the, and the checkout registers are working and the streets stay clean and well, it's not really the streets aren't really that dirty so bad example but all the truck drivers who drive food and the doctor I mean they're, they're the they're the the heroes of this and and um, normally don't get that flashlight shine on them so hopefully uh, hopefully long term maybe that we can restructure some of the salary structures in America to actually pay the people who teachers I mean I think there's probably a lot of parents who have I, I have a I have a grown daughter, so I'm not having to live it from an education concept. But I know I know a lot of my friends who appreciate their teachers a whole lot more than they did a month ago. Uh, oh, and the school system, like I, you know, I feel like I pretty much, uh, you know, didn't take the teachers for granted, like you know, while my boys were growing up. But I absolutely took the school system for granted. The fact that he went somewhere for eight hours a day, I took that for granted. But yeah. um, you know, I I went and after hurricanes our garbage piles up for weeks. And I said, I, Mario and I were out the other day and I ran out and gave the garbage man uh, Publix gift card. He goes, why'd you do that? And I said, because after hurricanes, 
our garbage piles up like they can't like because trees are down the trucks can't get through there's a myriad of reasons I'm, I'm so grateful that the garbage men are working i'm so grateful that my that you know i still read three hard copies of newspapers every morning every morning i go out and see those three newspapers on my on my driveway i'm grateful um you know there and every when i'm in if i go to Publix, i i pretty much have public's delivered by shipped now, but I'm always, thank you for working. Thank you for working, you know, because they're putting their lives in their hands by going out sometimes in these communities. Right? Agreed. Yep. Agreed. I mean, I, you know, I don't, I don't understand, and maybe, you know, because you know, you're so much smarter than I am. Why yeah. did it in April, why didn't the school system people or, you know, the school boards, why didn't they say, you know what, let's make April and May summer? Why didn't they do that? And then the moms and the dads who have had to deal with, you know, working from home and helping their kids, which the added stress and pressure, do you have any thoughts on that? Why they didn't just say, okay, we're just gonna make April and May summer and we'll go back in June or July? I, don't, I think it's just, I think it's, I think this thing unwound so quickly. I, I think at the first level, I think it's just it's just too hard structurally to do that overnight, and and um, because there's everything that comes with it, right? There's all the summer stuff that you don't get. There's the sports that go with seasons, and so it kind of gets everything out of sequence. And then on the other side of it, not to try and stay out of politics, there's teachers unions. Um, so you, pr you probably got to go re you probably got to go renegotiate with every teachers union in America who have contracts from year to year. That require you know that have allowances for when they teach when they don't teach certain amount and so I think it's an undertaking I think in such a short period of time is probably too overwhelming and they rather just said Let's did you did out. you hear that I declared a new national holiday no so on May eighth I've declared it's Working Moms Day and we're having one of these at four o'clock with cocktails for all of the working mothers who had to work and teach their kids. I love stay-at-home moms, I'm the hardest job ever, so much, but I know so many working moms have called and said, oh my God, I'm ready to kill my kid. And there's gonna be either a lot of babies born in nine months or a lot of divorces. But you know, Funny, I had a lot of I had a lot of moms call me and tell me, "Oh my God, I'm ready to kill my husband." But, exactly. Um, well, yeah. absolutely. So, well, uh, for, at four o'clock on May eighth, which is you know two days before the regular Mother's Day, we're having the working mothers. We're going to have Working Mother's Day. We're all going to come with cocktails, and we're going to, you know, bitch and moan about our kids and our husbands. Just kidding. But um, <laughs> you know, my kids didn't you know they weren't helping in the beginning and I, I i kept blowing up and slamming doors and you know i was so angry and finally we had a family meeting i said here's the deal every meal like i'm not a cook so i went from zero cooking to cooking three meals every day and my boys are 19 and 16 like they can you know do their own stuff so i said we're gonna you're gonna help me at every meal you're not gonna be in your room watching tv while you hear me cooking in the kitchen you're gonna be here in every meal helping you have to do one productive thing a day. So like today, my 19 year old went to see his 93 year old grandmother and the 16 year old pressure cleaned the front. If you do one productive thing a day, I'll get off your butts the rest of the day. And each week they each have to make a meal. Like, you know, I'll help them as an advisor, but they have to decide what, to, what they wanna cook. They gotta, you know, make it, you know, figure out what we need from the grocery store because I, it was driving me crazy, the lack of productivity in this house with those two. Okay, you feel better now? Yeah, was that a good enough rant? Yeah, that's pretty good. Can we get back to travel? Yes, go. <laughs> How about the Wall Street Journal article today? Did you see that? I sent it to you 98%. Did you see that? Yeah. I, I There's... Um, you know, I, I, you sent me the article said basically, you know, an industry that was at full capacity two months ago is now 98% vacant. So my, my quick thought was, um, you can kind of think about it and kind of take carry forwards is from sustainability when, when you when your occupancy rate in April is what your vacancy rate was in February, that's not a business model that's, that's sustainable. So I, I you know, the, 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 the whole notion of getting people back to work, including travel which includes um, the cost of travel because companies have revenue shortfalls and, 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 and there's no more, I don't think there's more of a 
you know, pandemic kind of um, problem than, than air travel. You're right. You're, 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 if you live in a big city, you take, you take mass transit to the airport, you wait in security line with people, you sit at the gate with the people, you get on a plane, you sit next to people, and then you deplane next to people. So it's the Petri dish for, um, for, for the problem that pandemics present. And, and so I think, um, you know, right now, like I said, you're in, the, you're in the middle of it, so you see the overreaction and that is nobody's traveling. And then, so when do, when do people travel? Um, I, I, think it's, I think it's a very, um, a, a very moderate re-entry into travel. Personal travel can have one track. I think business travel has a separate track. Business travel is gonna be driven not just by people wanting to be on a plane, but by, you know, if you remember um, after in the recession after 9-11 and people weren't traveling, a lot of people weren't traveling after 9-11, not because it wasn't safe to travel, but because their companies had lost so much top line revenue that, 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 that that's, that's where all the, that's where earnings get managed after all this is done. You, you don't really, you can't manage the revenue side. You have people have to come in your store. Um, so you manage the expense side. And so tra business travel is a function of two things. One, it's a function of you got to be comfortable getting on a plane, but you also have to have companies that are ready to cut checks loose for their employees to travel for business again so there's kind of a and i have a third multi, there's a multi-step re-entry that happens but i have a third thing with that what's that is there are companies going to be concerned about asking their employees to travel for business because of what if they get sick and they were asked to go on a trip uh, you know Get sick how? Like get sick, get sick from from what? I think I think in retail you're going to see since there's 98% retail, I think you're going to see a lot more local regional real estate managers versus one person handling the whole country. Or if there's one person handling the whole country or two people handling the whole country, I think there will be more brokers. So maybe that helps the tenant rep side of things because. I don't, I think that it's going to take a while for the public company to put people on planes to travel. I do. Why, well, do they, they value their employees more than private companies do? <laughs> I think they're worried about liability more than private co companies are. Uh, uh, maybe, I think maybe there we disagree. I, you know, I think, I think after, after 9-11, the, 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 the issue was, um, Air safety. It wasn't. It wasn't human human health. So it's different, and it's a little. And it's always a little more unnerving when it's when it's when it's human health. But but I think you know we, we tend and, and use 9/11 as an example, right? We tend to the U.S. is great at solving the most immediate problem in in hindsight. After after 9/11, I've said this in my article. Somebody gets on a plane, tries to blow up a plane with their shoe, and a decade later, 20 million people a month are taking their shoes off or paying for special access on planes because we're still checking shoes. So, so I, I think, you know, I, I think we're going to focus on coronavirus um, and there'll either be a vaccine or there won't, but there's all other kinds of, of um, infectious risk on planes and in hotels and, and we haven't thought about it. So the, the typically, so the question that I have is once we solve a coronavirus vaccine, say Johnson and Johnson's right and a vaccine gets approved in September, what's the ripple effect from coronavirus into the everyday lives, not for fear of coronavirus, but for fear of there being this other thing out there that we can't see that's this, that's this you know, when you, look at, you look at all the other recessions and they had triggers that you could see. It was either, um, I've, I've been, I'm, I'm too old to tell you how many recessions I've been through, but starting with, you know, the, the oil embargo and, and then, and then um, interest rates and then the busting of the first internet bubble and then you know you go every 10 or 12 years and people think recessions happen naturally they don't really happen naturally usually they happen by human decision here i guess you can argue that it's happened by human decision as a reaction to a to a virus but um but but are, are we going to react differently this time or just go back to the way things were in some things i mean you know our airport's going to have temperature sensors like the Vegas casinos do now, or do they pull out the middle seat? I don't. I don't think. I don't think the airline model is robust enough to operate um, in the way which we need it and want it to operate for them to pull a third of seats out of a of a plane. So there's probably going to have to be another answer 
for us to have a, a vibrant airline industry, or we're going to have some public-private airline industry that the government subsidizes to make up for it. But but I so I think the I think the coronavirus gets all the attention, but there's all this other stuff that lurks out there that I think people may now start to pay attention to, um, like they didn't. Or, or as a friend of mine said the other day, um, when's the next time you're going to go stick your finger in a bowling ball? Um, which I can't tell you the last time I stuck my finger in a bowling ball, but it, but it, it makes it makes a good point, right? You feel like I, I could have I could have phrased it differently, but you told me this was a PG audience. Um, but but um, but you know there so so or 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 you know get in a hot tub and when you go skiing, everybody wants to go in the hot tub after they ski. You're gonna get in that hot tub now. Um, so I you know I think it'd be the, the the I think that's the long lasting effect of of this the immediate reaction is going to be swift and extreme and that's 98 percent of people not traveling that, that's not that's not forever well, um, I, i'm just wondering what's going to happen when the employee says I, when the employee says i don't really want to travel and can the, and then the the employer says okay you're fired and then there's a lawsuit but we, we won't get let's but someone just said someone just said i would love to know paul richard if you are with a public company or not his company now requires a release to be signed by any client I show space to. So I want to know, Paul, if you are with a public company or a private company, and are you in retail or are you in office and industrial? Because that is shocking to me, Mike. Shocking. What do you think? You mean, for, you mean, you mean if you're going to go show space to a tenant, the tenant's got to sign a release in case yeah. there's some contagion yeah. in the space? Yeah. He's with a private company and he's retail and investments. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, okay, so like I said, I, I, you know, I think, I think, I think in the short term we 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 overcorrect. I think in the we long term, it's probably right. I think in the long term, that's probably unenforceable, and it's going to make whoever does that out not be competitive with the marketplace. I agree. So sensors, you we started talking about sensors. So you know, Disney, I've heard, is literally installing sensors right now. As have the hotels in Vegas, even though they're not really open. When is, Ve I mean, I can't even imagine Vegas reopening. I mean, obviously it will, but- It'd be a blessing to all of us. What a cesspool of <laughs> that, Vegas and sleepaway camps. <laughs> Both yeah. Of them are yeah. cesspools. Oh, Disney laid off 44,000 people. Oh, someone said they're heartbroken about recon. I don't think recon happens this year, do you? I don't know. I can't believe Orlando or New York is going to happen, but they, Vegas, I mean, ICSE keeps saying that Orlando for Florida and New York is going to happen. I mean, I hope they get those hospital beds out of the Javis, is a Javis Center before we all show up. Yeah. Well, yeah, I don't know if you saw, but there's, there, you know, I saw a great photo. It's not a great photo. It's a very stirring photo today taken from Vegas where there are homeless people um, li living in a big parking lot um, in tents in the shadow of the hotels that have tens of thousands of empty hotel rooms. Um, oh. But, but, um, but um, yeah, it's very, it was heartbreaking. Um, but, um, okay. So, you know, so with regard to Vegas, what I had heard, I don't want to, I don't want to get off task here, but I'd heard that maybe Vegas is, I don't think, I don't think ICSC has issued refunds yet, have they? No, they're telling, you, you, what you, I've heard is they're, what I've heard is they're telling people when you call, and if someone knows something different, put it in the chat, that if you signed up for registration, whether it's Booth or whatever, that they're giving you a credit to the next show. I mean, that's not going to fly if this keeps going on. People are going to want their money back. Yeah, ULI issued refunds immediately um, for the for the spring meeting, which was two days before Vegas started. But I think Vegas is still holding out hope that they can have a have a show later this year. Um, and I think what we're going to find out is, um, you know, the whole ICSC is a whole separate topic as an or, as an organization. But but I think what we're going to find out is that um, it's nice to see everyone, and you can have um, go to some good parties, but. But that Vegas is not is not really a necessary evil anymore um, in our business. We're very specialized. There's extraordinary ways to communicate. If you're a retailer sitting in Davie, Florida, where Beth is, and I'm a landlord in Atlanta, and we want to negotiate something, there's this this is this is this is fine. You can get you can get things done very easily this way. So 
Um, yeah, a lot. So of, I, I know people that are setting up Vegas recon, you know, Zoom calls like now, like the week of Vegas. Yeah. So I thought that was so, creative. Um, so the, said, yeah, but the, the other thing, the other thing that that ICSE should do um, when they have the time to do it is that they should take this time and revamp the entire damn conference um, approach. They've been doing conferences the same way for as long as I've been in the business, which is 30 years. And I keep asking the same question every year when I see the ICSE tech person stumble through and I say, when are you guys going to have an app like the rest of the world has so that we can use an app and have conferences with an app and know where to go and where the meeting and, and, and they're just, I think they need they need to move forward or the world's going to move on um, without have you. Have you ever attended shop talk? No. A phenomenal. I can only, ha I can only handle Vegas once a year and, and barely. <laughs> But so, so uh, it's a phenomenal conference, very forward, like in all, it has an app. I mean, everything, it's just phenomenal. So next year, skip Vegas for ICSE and go to Shop Talk because it's really, really amazing. Amazing. Okay. okay. All right. Take it under um, advisement. What do you got? Um, what's next on our list? Stadiums. Are we, so Broadway, I love Broadway. That you know, you're sitting on top of each other in the Broadway theaters. I, I have to believe that they're going to remove seats or block rows like they do with concerts. And I'm jonesing to go to a concert. I'm supposed to go to Forever? Doobie Brothers Wait, are you, are you, in June, and I want to go to that concert. Go. When, when, you, when you say you believe this, do you mean forever? Well, I hope, I don't know. Do you think we all get vaccines and then we're fine t with arms touching each other and crawling over each other? And I don't know. I, I, look, I think I think um, to cut to the quick on a lot of this, I think if we, if we have to live in a society forever that's got to stay six feet apart, our, our, we're, we better get used to being in an economic collapse. Um, I, don't, I don't think uh, clearly there's going to be a lot of changes, but I, I don't think I don't think the changes can can last forever. I think we adapt to we, we learn and we get, get smarter about certain things. But we at some point we have to go back to living the social lives that. We, that we that we that we need and want to live. So maybe that's it's that, maybe that's the health like they're talking about health passports or something. So if you're healthy, you can go into the Broadway theater and sit next to everyone. Which is yeah, like well, every time so, they so say the word Gilead on TV, I think of you know that TV show with the red. What is it called? The X Files. No, someone knows. Um, you know. Who knows what? Handmaid's Tale. Thank you, Chrissy. Handmaid's Tale. Every time they say Gilead, I, I like. You got to watch the Handmaid's Tale. I think. I think. I think. Um, probably during the pandemic, health health passports make sense, particularly for healthcare folks to get in and out of hospitals. But I, I don't like them long term. I, I think. I think. And I don't think. And I don't think as a society we would tolerate them long term. I think there's a lot of privacy issues that we don't want. That we would. We don't want to give up that. I don't think we want to give up that much privacy. It's fine to take off your shoes going on a plane, but I don't think people want to give up and have to publicize their health conditions for a I whole agree. bunch of other reasons. Yeah. I, I agree 100%. Okay, so it's 4:43. Isn't this fun? What if we are only going to do this for another 15 minutes? What else is on the list on your agenda that we should definitely cover? Or people in the chat, is does someone have a dying question or a topic you want us to cover? What else is in there? What do we just do we go back to school at all or not till September or October? I have, August? You talking about you know, back kids. to school, you know, like kids going now, kids aren't gonna go back to school till the fall at the earliest. Okay. Um, uh, yeah, PPP. You, you can't go back to school in LA. Um, right. So two, so two things, since it's about 90-something percent of retail call, um, kind of one macro, one micro, kind of on a look forward uh, on, the, on the macro piece, is given what was happening with retail anyway, right, in, in, in terms of e-commerce and the impact on apparel and 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 so many and so many um, and and so many segments of retail um, is does 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 this now some is this somewhat of a backbreaker for retail and is outside of REITs um, and, and large public companies from an investment standpoint is retail deinstitutionalized is is does it be because of all the unique challenges that retail presents um, 
and, and, and all of the alternative that exists to deliver retail as we're finding out for groceries and other things, um, is, it, is it at risk of being deinstitutionalized de as an asset class? Um, so that's, I know that you said there were some investment sales guys. And the second one, my second question would be more on the ground level, literally on the ground level, what, what physical plant changes happen at shopping centers um, as, as a result of this going forward, not kind of in this overreactive phase where there's nobody in a shopping center except someone to pull up. I, I went to Sherwin-Williams this morning to pick up paint and I had to wait outside and they delivered it to me like I was getting a hamburger. Um, and so, um, so we'll get past that, but what does retail look like after that? Those, well, are my, those were my two. I, I do think that um, talking about retail as an asset class and, you know, if, and I, we, we were going to, we said we weren't going to talk about tenants not paying rent, but if national tenants don't pay rent and they get away with it and that, and that does not hurt their credit rating, it, it, you know, and it, someone just, I was on a webinar right before this and they said, I, I built a $6 million Ulta store and they're paying me 60 grand in rent over four months that they've been open or three months. And Ulta is saying, you know, I'm not paying rent. So there, there, there's gonna be a big problem with the classification of retail, you know, and with credit tenants, if, if this continues to happen and these tenants don't pay rent and that nothing happens to them. What, yeah. we've, what we've heard is if you default, if they're in default and they've got loan covenants that say they can't be in default with their, with their landlords, you know, they're paying those landlords if they have those loans and they have covenants. So, but yeah, the footprints are gonna change, right? Like do you, for sure power centers, if they weren't already being hit hard, cause that, those are gonna be the big boxes and the junior boxes, it seems like are the ones that are in real trouble, those tenants. You know, they're talking about 24 hour fitness, LA fitness, party city, um, the mattress firms, um, you know, a lot of those tenants are, the power centers are gonna get hit hard. So I guess going forward, when development even starts again, which I can't, you know, you're the developer. When does de when are you gonna put a shovel in the ground and build a new center? Next year, no earlier. So is that 21 or 22? Well, you know, it, re it really depends. It, we're supposed to get something out of the ground later this year, which I think is unlikely at this point at, 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 in a lot of ways, um, maybe in every way. And so if you were, if you were kind of, you know, 50 yard line or beyond in your pre-development process and the world restarts and retailers go to committee in June, July, August, September, and you can start negotiating leases, then maybe you get something out of the ground next year. If, if we come out of this and retailers say my balance sheet's been impaired, um, I, I don't know, um, kind of got to build my business back and I've had a capital erosion on my balance sheet. I don't know that those next capital dollars are going to stores. They're probably going to figure out what has to come out of this for supply chain management and their physical plants um, and, and what stores they want to keep and what markets they want to be in before they start thinking about expanding again. So well, I think there's. Yeah. And, and, and that, and that, uh, that webinar I was on earlier, basically they're like saying, you know, the TJ Maxx's of the world who have paid their rents and have, and have communicated that well, they, pay, they pay their rent, they pay their rent for April. You think, do you think they're not paying in May? Well, we weren't, we weren't going to talk about that. So, uh, but the, okay. the, 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 the anchor tenants need to be thinking ahead. You know, we developers and we landlords are the ones that create the retail opportunity and, uh, and again, we're developing, you know, it's, it's a catch 22, right? Like we always say, we'll remember. And then we, we have a deal and we need them. And then we don't, we don't remember. But, um, you know, I, I, someone asked, what do they think are the percentages of vacancies? I, I've been saying 20 to 25% on top of whatever you have now. And what Mike just said about timeline, I put this on LinkedIn. I said, if we get out June 1st, and the first uh, retail manager sees your site June 20th, his boss sees it July 20th, they go to committee September 20th, they negotiate the lease January 20th, they do plans March 20th, permit 
June or July, and then they build. And so I said, the first national tenant deal happens or opens Christmas of 21. And I had about 68 people that told me that they thought I was on drugs and that the, that was the most overly aggressive and optimistic position. And everyone said, it's, we're not going to see national deals opening until spring to summer 22. What do you think? I think there's a lot of people who go broke between now and then. So I, so we all need to be really chumming up with our local tenants and doing one and two year deals to fill our vacancies in the meantime. Um, you, you're more, that's more, that's, yeah, you're more, you're more in touch with that part of the business um, than I am. But I, I think if that's the case, then you're going to have a lot of companies with a lot of layoffs and a lot of people who work for commission who, who are leaving the business again. Yeah. Um, people one, are, one last thing on the, the whole institutionalization, you know, I think, I think we see what we want to see, right? I mean, that's the beauty of being a human being. If you don't want to see something, you just don't look at it. Um, and you look at the stuff you want to you want to look at, um, which is great. Um, unlike unlike our dogs or our pets or anything, they see they see everything. So so I, I think what I think this is going to do is I, I think there are pretty good swaths of our business that have been deinstitutionalized anyway. Class B and C malls totally out of the institutional business. Um, a, a, a lot of um, you know power centers and secondary markets, unanchored strips, very deinstitutionalized. That's what we tend to focus on is the good stuff, the class A malls and the grocery centers. So, so um, I think those probably stay institutionally owned. I mean, obviously, you know, class A malls, I think have fun, longer term fundamental challenges than grocery centers do. Um, but, but I think in the, in the short run, there's just gonna be this, this extraordinary reflight to grocery a version, a version away from risk, and and the, the disparity in what these projects are worth is going to get broader still, um, based based on based on that, um, and, and and I think I think it's you know maybe some value comes back after a cooling off period, but I think I think a lot of non institutional assets have probably devalued significantly if if we let ourselves do the math today. Simon closed a hundred malls. Three hundred. Three hundred? Yeah, I closed every one except for three in Hawaii. How many don't reopen? Of Simon malls? How many don't don't I, ever reopen? I think you know. Are we going to name names here? We're talking about Simon, so we're not. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so, I think, so, you know, I think, so let's just say this: all, all the malls, all the malls in the country are closed. I believe. So not just Simon, Brookfield, all of the mall owners, all the malls are closed. What percentage of those malls that are all closed today and have been closed for a month and pennies is about to file, do not reopen in, you know, in, in these middle town markets? Yeah, I think, yeah, I think it's a tale, once again, a tale of two cities. I, I think if you, if you break them down, like, you know, investors break them down, A, B, and C malls, I think most, most A malls reopen. Right. Um, because because most A malls have been wanting Penny to leave for the last 20 years and they finally may get their wish um, because for A malls, it's an opportunity, not a, not a, not a life threat. Um, you know, B malls, probably mixed. I mean, if you have, if you have Penny, Sears and Coles um, and Macy's, if those are your four anchors, you, you're probably going to, you're probably going to struggle if you have a decent set of anchors and a bad anchor or two, and you're in a decent sub market where a trade area hasn't shifted and the mall's not overly sized, you probably reopen in some form or fashion. But I think, I think a lot of C malls may never reopen um, because, because there's just going to be too much bad happening too fast to the retailers in those malls for them to kind of recover until it, until it all burns to the ground. Well, and also they yeah. all have, they all have co-tenancy clauses. So if you're a mall owner and you're like, okay, I'm going to open, but Penny's is filing, Sears isn't open, Macy's who the heck knows. And now all those, you know, I'm going to open for Bath and Body Works. And now they're at 3%, you know, of gross sales because of co-tenancies. I, I, I think, yeah. I think 30% of the malls that are closed don't open, which for the leasing agents on the call is a great opportunity because if you're leasing something in Ocala, Florida, in an open air center, and there's a mall that 
fits that C, I don't know, I don't even know if there's a mall in Ocala, but if, if it's a middle market and, you know, there will be tenants that were doing well in that mall that are going to have to find a home and it won't be in a mall and it can be in your grocery anchored center or power center. So start getting those mall lists now if you think you have a mall in your market that isn't going to reopen. In my alternate universe, in my alternate universe, I hope co-tenancies are one of the things that just get eliminated um, after this. And they'll only, they're not going to get eliminated when developers say no, because after you say no 12 times, you say yes the 13th time, they'll get eliminated when banks, when banks stop financing them. Um, and, my, and so maybe one of the good things to come to us after this is banks look at each other after another co-tenancy unwind, like the one in 08, where, where they had to, you know, blend and pretend and extend for five or six years that maybe banks stopped financing the things. They, they weren't always what they are. If you know, I, I can't remember the, for the 38% or whatever it was of the people in the business, more than 15 years, co-tenancy started out as kind of this harmless thing where you just kind of ensured that maybe the center was partially full and it wasn't a ghost town. And then the world retailers overexpanded, you know, last decade and then the world fell apart. And, and all of a sudden, co-tenancies became another way the developer gave the retailer an insurance policy. The, the, the whole idea of them is way beyond what they were originally intended to be. So that's my rant to that. I, I hate them. If I, if, I, if I wasn't clear, I hate them. They're the worst part of our business. Well, I would tell you on all of the calls I've been on, on anchor um, deferral discussions, uh, mostly I would say 50% of the anchors are giving, are, are, are stopping co-tenancy for 24 months in, in lieu of, or in exchange of, in exchange of a deferral or something. That, that's on the table for sure. Okay, last, last question. I thought this was a really good question, Paul. Mike, who is going to be the consumer? The folks who haven't had a paycheck for three months? Who is, is going to be our consumer? Is there, is, there, is, there, is there an or? What? You said, you said who's going to be the consumer? The folks who haven't had a paycheck. I was waiting for my other options. No, there is no other option. Who's going to be our consumers? I mean, I think personal services, you know, hair, nails, uh, massage. I think, you know, people who, put, who do eyelashes or Botox. I mean, I think per, personal services I think is going to be very healthy. I was on with one of my hair salon tenants today and she was crying because she, you know, didn't get approved for the PPP and all this. And, and she's like, I think this business is going to change. People have gone to Walgreens. They've gotten their box of color. I'm like, I don't think so, but you know, maybe I'm in a different, I, I, I you know, and, and uh, maybe this is going to sound glib. I don't mean for it to be, but I don't know that you can tell who the consumer is going to be until you know what's going to be consumed. Um, cause I think, I think, I think until you know what's going to be consumed, you don't know who the consumer is. So what is going to be consumed? Is it, is it groceries? I mean, if it's groceries, which of course it will be, and everybody's the consumer and it's just a matter of how you, how you consume it. Is it, is it high end personal services? Well, it's, it's not the millennial who's, who's been without a job for three or four months, who doesn't have a, a significant bank account. And it's probably not the millennial if their parents have taken a hit because that's millennials money. I have one at home. So I can say this, I, you know, literally at home now, not normally at home. Um, their money comes from two places, right? It comes from the money they make. And then they, you know, they, most millennials are benefited by having parents who've done pretty well. Um, but I think, I think until you know what, what the consumption is going to be, the consumer won't get figured out. Um, so they so 50% said they're going to go to large gyms and 50% said no. I, I was pretty, are you are you surprised by that answer? No no I mean I, I maybe maybe kind of in the middle of the pandemic the 50/50 is a little higher on the go to side than it would be but I think but I think you know if all the reasons not to go to a large gym didn't keep you away from a large gym or a cruise ship before it may not keep you away now. I mean, I see, I see plenty of people out and about here in Atlanta. I mean, the streets are quieter, obviously, but there's a lot of people out and about without gloves, without masks. And I think, you know, I think if, if, if you're out now without gloves and without masks, why wouldn't you go to a gym later or a movie theater or, or, or get on a cruise? Um, I don't think you're going to change your behavior after the pandemic when you didn't change it during the pandemic. 
and I, I promise this will be the last, but um, I think, you know, without, I, I think sleepaway camps aren't going to happen. I think that um, in China, I saw a report that the number one product being sold more now than before are personal cars that in yeah. China, they're not getting into Ubers anymore. And I think um, this summer, there's going to be a lot of families taking road trips and, and not getting on airplanes, whatever. And, and, and their kids aren't going to sleep away camps, so they're going to have family trips. And I think that we're going to have- Presuming hotels are open. Or, yeah, or maybe campgrounds, right? I think that you're going to see yeah. a resurgence in like RVs or, or car purchases. I don't know. Well, did you guys love this? Wasn't it? Mike, is, you're great, Mike. I really- oh, you're Thank so you. You're so funny. Uh, maybe we'll Thanks. do this again in a few weeks if we're still all home. What do you think? Did you guys love uh, love this? My, my calendar's reasonably open, so unfortunately. <laughs> so if you see Mike walking down, you know, some ICSE in the future, you can say, I, I saw you on the webinar. In a little uh, square. Let's show them all our, um, our uh, crystal ball again. All Remember right. Hollywood Squares? This is like a big game of Hollywood Squares. Right, or or I've I've seen them when there's just like nine of them, on, and I always think about the Brady Bunch. Yeah. Okay, so yeah. I, I just have a couple announcements for you guys. Five years or less, we have the freshman forum tomorrow at four p.m. So please join us. We've matched Mike. We've matched sixty-eight mentors with our juniors. That's great. So Good awesome. For you. And then uh, if you want to see what next week's um, webinars are, I think, I think it's my toughest deal ever. I can't remember, but go to Azor Academy and you'll see the next three or four weeks of webinars. Mike, thank you so much. You're welcome. Uh, Thanks for having me. Really appreciate it. Good luck, it. everybody. Stay, stay healthy. Stay healthy. Bye-bye.